Global missions involvement is a big deal for us at Stephen Street. It's something uh, that we take very serious based upon the commands of Jesus in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. I'll invite you to go ahead and open your Bibles to that. We'll be reading that in just a moment. Uh, but global missions is in our DNA. For a lot of churches, it's not. For a lot of, a lot of churches, and you probably have been to a lot of churches and know a lot of churches, where uh, talking about global missions and planning global missions and participating in global missions is, is not a big deal. Uh, at Stephen Street, we believe that every Christian and every church should embrace a cross-cultural global mission that God has given to us because of the Great, of the great Commission. And that's our focus today. Our focus today is to really think about and talk about a lot of our cross-cultural global efforts. However, I don't want it to get lost on you today that missions is also something that we do at home, uh, that missions is something that we do in our families, uh, that missions is something that we do in, our, in the streets of our own neighborhood, something that we're called to do right here at home. In fact, I, I don't think that we can really separate the two. I, don't, I mean, I've heard people say, well, I have a passion for global missions, and other people say I have a passion for local missions. I don't know that we can separate it that way. I think that Jesus has just called us to make disciples of all nations that include our nation and that include every nation. And so we're going to read about this today, uh, and I want to start with the question, why missions? Why, why can't we just be a group of Christians that just meet and enjoy each other and, like, and enjoy fellowship with each other and study the Bible and sing songs, and why can't that just be it? You know, I could make a very intellectual and maybe a very spiritual argument as to why we couldn't be that way, and those arguments would be true, but really the answer to that question, why missions, is very simple and that is that Jesus has commanded us to do and be involved in missions. Jesus has commanded it. That's why. So let's read that together. The Great Commission. Please stand with me as we look at these verses together. Just a few short verses. And I'm really going to only focus on really uh, kind of part of the first sentence in, my, in my, the main body of my message today. But Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. This is what we call the Great Commission. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." God, I pray today you would call us to do some things in your name. I pray that you would help us to go places and to reach people and to perform tasks because you have called us to go on mission. Lord, speak to your people today. Lord, you know how to talk to them a lot better than I do. Lord, you know how to send your Holy Spirit and touch someone's heart. Lord, I, I pray that that would happen today. Lord, I have no power to make that happen. Lord, I just want to be faithful. I want to give your people your word today. And I pray, Lord, that through my speaking, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would dismiss me and my voice. And I pray that your people would hear from you today. 
And we offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated today. Now, when we look at this, we, we, we give these verses the Great Commission because we believe that this is the greatest command that Jesus has given us regarding going and telling other people about Jesus. Uh, you can call it evangelism. You can call it disciple-making. Uh, you can call it missions. There's lots of different norm, terms that we could, we could use to describe this. But this is the greatest verse of Scripture that we have where Jesus tells us to go and do some things in his name, generically speaking, that covers um, a, a lot of different things. I, I want to point out today uh, that this, 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 is not a, this is not a suggestion. Uh, Jesus did not say, Hey, uh, you know, if you feel like it and if it's convenient, uh, would you go and make disciples of all nations? I'd really appreciate it. Uh, this is not Jesus saying, hey, you know, if money allows and if your job will allow you to and uh, if your wife or your spouse will say it's okay and if, and if you're able, hey, uh, would you mind if possible? I mean, only if you can. Don't want to put you out. Go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, th this, is, this is not the spirit in which Jesus gives us this command. Uh, in my imagination, well, not in my imagination, Scripture, we see uh, that Jesus is, is, is standing on a mountain, and, and other, other gospel writers say that he's speaking to a large group of people, not just the 11. And I see Jesus standing before them in his glorified body, about to ascend to the Father and to deliver to them his marching orders, his final command, a, a command that's going to end up in your Bible that you're going to read and have to embrace as as your own and him giving a command to us saying go and make disciples of all nations and so what I, oftentimes what I hear people say is that they're not really called to missions they're really called to discipleship I used to say that but what we see in Scripture is you absolutely cannot untangle discipleship and mission you cannot separate growing and maturing in Christ from sharing and telling other people about Christ. The two are just inextricably tied together. Um, to, to, try to, uh, to try to be a disciple without mission is, is, is like saying I'm an athlete, but I never practice and I never show up for games and I, I, I never do anything to actually play. I never work out. I just wear the jersey. Uh, to, to, say that, to say that I'm a disciple, uh, but I don't want to be involved in missions, is like being a soldier and having all the gear, but yet never doing anything to actually participate in the war effort. Uh, to try to be a disciple without living on mission is like being an employee that never shows up to work, but yet wants a paycheck. Conversely, when we embrace missions as full-orbed discipleship, we become like that flower, that flower bud that fully opens. Whereas when we don't embrace mission, there's something, there's something about our discipleship that doesn't completely bloom. But yet when we, when we embrace the mission of God, we see a full flowering of our faith and the excitement of what God has called us to. And everywhere in Scripture, we see God telling people to go and to do stuff. 
all over Scripture. I mean, I could, I could tell you about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Elijah and David and Paul and Peter and James and Philip and all these people that God appeared to and spoke to and told them to go and do certain things. I bet God's told you to do something in the past. I dare you. I dare you to read your Bible and pray. I dare you to read your Bible and pray and pray a dangerous prayer. Say, Lord, you use me however you want. And God's going God's to tell you to do It's just a matter of time. And your discipleship, as you read Scripture and as you pray and as you begin to grow, it's just a matter of time before God's going to ask you to do something in His name. It may be walk across the street and share the gospel with your neighbor. It may be get on an airplane and go on the other side of the globe and live your life as a missionary in his name and, or anything in between, but it's just a matter of time. And it's very simple. I want to share with you uh, some very simple principles, really just from the first sentence of the first verse of, uh, of the great commandment. First off, Jesus just says that we're supposed to go. I mean, that's what missions is. Missions is about going. Missions is about going and doing something for God. In a day and time when it seems like Christians only focus on going to church, Jesus is trying to get us to go to the nations and to go and tell people about Christ. And some people might say, well, where do I go? Listen, it's a big world out there. There are 81,000 people right here in Putnam County. And do you know approximately 40,000 of them are not worshiping Jesus right now in this moment. Uh, they're, they're watching their kids run around on a sports field somewhere, or they're headed out to the lake, or they're sitting at home, you know, with their feet propped up, or they're sleeping late, or, I mean, they're engaged in all manner of activity, but they're not worshiping Jesus in a church. And the vast majority of those 40,000 people that, that don't attend church today, the vast majority of them, a lot of them, they don't really attend church at all. They may say they believe the gospel, but most of, most of the people in Putnam County, we'd say about half of the people in Putnam County are not active in a local church anywhere. In Tennessee, there's 8 million people. 8 million people around us, and guesstimates would be 2 or 3 million of them, or maybe more, just, just about 2 million of them really know Jesus. In the U.S., 332 million people globally. Eight billion people in our world. I mean, there's lots of places that we could go. And that's what missions is. Missions is going to a place to reach a people for a certain purpose. That's what missions is. It's going to a place to reach a people with a purpose. And Jesus even gives us that purpose. He tells us what our purpose is, that we're to go, and when we go, that we are to make disciples. This is what our discipleship is all about. It is making more disciples. Not just getting more comfortable as a disciple and growing personally as a disciple and being more spiritual as a disciple. Not just a self-focus, but discipleship is about making more disciples, going to people and helping them to know Jesus. 
our mission efforts, when we perform them, if they're truly going to be missional, they can't just be social, uh, that's a social gospel. They can't just be humanitarian, you know, even though there is something that is, that is Christ-centered about helping people in need. Our efforts are bigger than just to assuage human suffering. Our goal, whenever we go on mission, is to make disciples. The best example I can give you is our care center. You do not have to go too far to be involved in missions. You can walk right across our parking lot and three times a week for a couple of hours, two or three hours, our care center is open where we give away clothes and we give away food. But it's bigger than just that. If I asked David Dukes to come up here, he would tell you, and for those of you who are involved in the care center, he would say, he would say out loud, and I think he's even said before, we are not a food pantry. We are a ministry. How many of my care center folks I got in here? Uh-huh, y'all know what I'm talking about. You've heard David say that before, that we're a ministry. Uh, but Paul, how many people did you share the gospel with just this past week at the care center? How many people did you share the gospel with? 15 people. I mean, Paul goes on mission. He only goes across the parking lot. Doesn't even get on an airplane. Share the gospel with 15 people individually as people come through because we want to make disciples. We just don't want to feed people and clothe people. Jesus told us to make disciples. And he also told us in a general sense of how big of an effort that this should be. He said, go Make disciples of all nations. Now, this is where a lot of people get derailed at this point. A lot of people say, I'm with you when it comes to sharing the gospel with my family and my neighbors. I'm with you when it comes to the importance of me trying to tell people about Jesus at my work. You say, Pastor Scott, I, there's a lot of people here in Cookville that need to know Jesus. And yes, I'm concerned about our nation, but where, we, where, where sometimes people get lost, it's in where Jesus said, he made it comprehensive. Jesus made our mission global. He said, all nations. Now this is not just describing, if you ever wondered why it doesn't say countries, this is not just describing the 195 or 196 countries that are on the globe, this is speaking about people groups. A people group is a group of people that are kind of all the same. For example, right here at Stephen Street, uh, there's us and them. We have, this, we have this interesting people group among us, all these Alabama fans. Like, they're just a different group over here. And then there's the rest of us, right? So a people group, it represents someone that have this. Y'all did not even think that was funny at all. I didn't even hear anybody yell out, you know, those cursed words, you know. Ugh. So... Uh, uh, Y'all made me lose my track of thought now. A people, a people group is a group of people that have common language, they have common beliefs, uh, they're a common race, they all kind of think the same. Jesus wants the gospel to go across barriers into other people groups. And so there are about 17,000 people groups in the world. 17,000, that's a lot more than there are countries. 
Okay, so you have approximately 7,000 Un, excuse me, unreached people groups. An un, a people group that is unreached would be someone, uh, a, a people group that has less than 2% Christians. So less than 2% of the population of that people group um, is Christian, evangelical Christian. Among that 7,000, there are 3,000 unreached and unengaged people groups. This represents about 2 billion people on our planet where there are no Christians, no Bibles, no churches, no missionaries, and no one is actively trying to reach them. Think, let that sink in for a moment. Pretty much everybody in Cookville has easy access to the gospel. They could find a Bible, a Christian, a church, anytime they wanted to know the full story about Jesus. They could easily know. But there are two billion people on our planet that even if they wanted to, they probably couldn't find a Christian or a Bible or a church or a missionary. They are lost without hope. And here's the thing. Most of these unreached people groups are in a section of the world called the 1040 window. If you think about a map that's laid flat and a rectangular box that is laid down that covers all of North Africa, the Middle East, and the majority of Asia, that's the 1040 window and 95% of our mission efforts are outside of the 1040 window. So let that sink in. The majority of people who are unreached are in that 1040 window, but 95% of Christian mission efforts are outside of that window. Why is that? It's because it's hard to get there, it's hard to reach those people, and a lot of those places are dangerous. This information for our global task, this information is so important that I found a two-minute video that explains it perfectly. And if you don't mind, I ask you to turn your attention to the screen as we watch this together.
facts further or uh, watch that video again sometime. You know, I, I used to not care about any of this stuff. Can I just tell you? I, there, there was a time in my life whenever uh, I just, man, I just couldn't care less about global international missions. I remember whenever I was in college, I was dating a young lady from, uh, or whose parents were New Tribes missionaries. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of New Tribes missions. I was talking to one of her colleagues one day, and he said something. This was almost 30 years ago. And he said something that really hit me and really offended me at the time. He said, and I quote, he said, without a heart for missions, you will never have the full heartbeat of God. I was so offended by that at the time because I, I, I just I didn't believe it. And he was gracious. He didn't argue with me. Later, I went to seminary. A few years later, I went to seminary, and I was about to graduate seminary, and I had been theologically trained, but I still just, I just didn't have, I just really didn't care about all these people in the world that didn't know Jesus. I was so focused just uh, on myself and the people like me, and to be quite honest, just people in the South. I could not see past my Southern heritage. And I remember when I was in seminary, there was a pastor, uh, a well-known pastor at the time, who was known for planting churches, and I would read his material. And he started posting all this stuff about Vietnam, and so I just kind of started, you know, kind of going past it. And eventually, that was all he posted about. He's, he just kept talking about his missions in Vietnam. And I remember thinking, I remember saying in my heart, I wish he would stop talking about it because I just don't really care about all that. And you know, when I consider those memories, and when I think about those feelings that I had, I, I ask God to forgive me because it, it wasn't just that I was spiritually immature and short-sighted. I really feel like that those thoughts and those feelings were sinful. As if there were some commands of Jesus that didn't apply to me simply because they didn't appeal to me. You know, we, we, can't, we can't pick and choose. We can't say, oh, I like the benefits of Christianity, but I don't want to embrace any of its obligations. I want you to imagine with me that the people of God, rather than crowding into churches, looking to consume something spiritual that helps them, I want you to imagine with me God's people crowding into churches all over our land ready to pour themselves out for the kingdom. Here's a verse of scripture that God really used in my heart in recent months uh, through a time of fasting and prayer. John chapter 6 verse 24 through verse 26. There were a group of people that were seeking Jesus and when they found him, this was after Jesus had fed 5,000 people. When they found them, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. In other words, they were just getting their physical needs met. They were just, they were just consuming certain things. For them, it was bread. Maybe for us in our day, it's different. We, just, we, we come and we show up. We want God to do all these things for us. What if... What if God's people crowded in churches all across our land and said, you know what, God, I'm not here to receive anything. I'm here to offer myself as a living sacrifice to you. 
I'm ready to pour myself out for you and out for the kingdom. What if we had the heartbeat to where we just, we just gave God a blank check? We say, you know what, Lord, my life is wide open. You do with it whatever you want. I'll switch jobs, I'll move cities, I'll go live in a jungle, I'll walk across the street, tell my, tell my friends about Jesus, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. What if we were those, those types of people? What if all God's people crowded in churches all across our land and said, God, we're ready to pour ourselves out for you? What are some ways that you can do that next year? Well, next year, obviously, we have this slate of trips uh, this slate of trips that we've, that we've put together, and I'm not going to go through every one of these. These are some ways that you could say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice my time. I'm going to sacrifice my treasure. I'm going to sacrifice uh, to go to some of these people. Some, some of these are in the 1040 window, and some of these are not. But in every place, there's people that don't know Jesus. But we don't want to just have a global impact. We also want to have a local impact. We can, I just don't feel like we can ever talk about global missions without thinking about local missions. We can't ever talk about local missions without considering our global task. But there's a lot that we are currently doing with global missions, I mean with, with local missions. I already mentioned the Care Center. By the way, three people, correct me if I'm wrong, three people got saved. Five, excuse me, five people got saved this past week, and one of them was a Buddhist. Do you know that the nations... Yeah. And that was at the care center, right across our parking lot. Not across an ocean, just right across our parking lot. You know, the nations are coming to us, right? We can debate borders and legal and illegal, you know, from a political standpoint. But when we look at those people through missional eyes, does it really matter? They're people that need to know Jesus, and we need to figure out a way to tell them. And so right here in our care center, that happened. Uh, we also have another ministry that we started a couple of years ago that we don't mention that much, but it's still going on. We have, we have a ministry in a local public school, an all-good uh, all middle school. Well, we have five people on every Friday that share the gospel in an afternoon program, uh, an after-school program uh, called Good News Club. And we're looking to expand that. We need more volunteers. There's more people that are going to be coming, in, uh, coming into these classes. If you're interested in that, uh, you, can, uh, you can ask uh, Susie Huntsinger um, or you can uh, uh, contact our church office. Another thing that we're going to be doing here, right here in Cookville, uh, in, in pouring ourselves out for the kingdom, is we want to start a Cookville church plant. Uh, I announced this last week and, and talked to you guys a little bit about this last week, uh, but we want to start a new church here in Cookville. And in the coming months and over the next year, I'm going to be asking some of you if maybe you're willing to go and to help with new, this new church plant. And uh, Jesse, Jesse Haywood, who's been uh, preaching for me in my absence, he's going to lead this effort. There's lots of things that we could do more locally. And uh, I think we have a really, really good plan for how we're going globally. And I wonder if there's some things, I wonder if there's some more things that we could do locally. Maybe you could pray about that and uh, maybe you could help us with some ideas, maybe even for next year. When we go on mission, we go on mission with God. This is the last thing I'll share with you from the last verse in the Great Commission. Jesus said, I am with you always. 
He didn't say, I'm only with you when you go to a certain place. He, he didn't say that I'm only with you when you go to a certain people. He told them to go and to make disciples of all nations. Jump over some barriers. Make yourself uncomfortable. Go to a place and eat food that'll make you sick. Go to, go, get on an airplane and struggle with jet lag. Go, go to some of these places and some of these people. Jump these fences where you're the minority. And he says, when you do that, he says, I'm with you. And not just I'm with you. He says, I'm always with you. I'm always going to be there with you. So just to bring it back home, what, 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 are you, what are you called to do? Is there a people? Is there a place? that maybe God has put upon your heart for you to go to the nations. Let's stand together. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. Talk to the Lord. Just ask Him. I dare you to ask Him. I dare you. I dare you to ask Him. I dare you to say, Jesus, I literally give you everything. I dare you to say, Jesus, I will go anywhere I will do anything. I give you everything I have in my life, and I want to serve you. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to pray that prayer. And if for you that means being saved, you've never given your heart. How, how can you give your life in service to the kingdom if you haven't given him your very heart? And maybe that's what you need to pray. You spend some time, you talk to the Lord, you talk to Him, you come to this altar. Pray for a people if you feel led. Pray for a place if you feel led to come to the altar and do that at this time. Pray for your own heart and what the Lord is calling you to do. You want to come and bow and kneel and pray and offer prayer, please do that. And then we'll sing.